Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast. The podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiskus, Brady Liming, and Todd Griffin. there we, we went through the whole theme and there were zero people in the room i, know. Get, nervous. I get nervous every time he does that <laughs> and now we're up to four welcome to four foe uh welcome to our main course of tomfoolery with our side dish of buffoonery that it's we call a dessert of shenanigans <laughs> cassie roll buffoonery cassie roll which yes. instantly ruins it for Brady. <laughs> Ruined. <laughs> if we made if we made a casserole of tomfoolery, it would be serious. We'll have to we'll have to re- bring back the or actually do the casserole topic someday. Yes, but not tonight. Not tonight. Sup, Joey. Sup, sup, Joseph. Sup, sup. <laughs> I'm not, not sure what that means. What? Don't I, know if you want to see mine. Oddly enough, when, not I, gonna see him, when I first saw that, I thought it said nipples or we rot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. It's like, there's going to be a lot of rotten people out there tonight. <laughs> well, whatever works, I guess. <laughs> we will carry in. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hey, well, <laughs> Welcome to episode 58 of the Play By Your Podcast. Uh, it has been a couple weeks since we've been with you. Had a instant classic episode this past week. And uh, just a little side note as to how those come about. We kind of go to our back catalog and we find episodes that don't have the uh, number of plays that maybe some of the ones around them have. So we rerun them and... Um, and, and people seem to, to watch maybe this thing you haven't gone back through our catalog and uh, it, it gives you an opportunity to hear some of our earlier work. Um, don't want to say better work, but earlier work. It was, but, I, I thought the other night during the interview, um, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think it was you, Eric, where you mentioned um, to the interviewer that we started out, it was kind of more of a nostalgic, uh, I guess, tone to the to the episodes and uh, then we kind of got away from that a little bit uh, purposely i think it purposefully i think because we kind of were worried that our podcast was becoming only for our select you know for a select few for friends or people Very who grew niche-y. up yeah, yeah uh but but you know it's definitely something that we still often revert back to and then and maybe there might even be topics in the future that are very nostalgic but i thought that was interesting that you put it that way i hadn't thought of it much until i heard you say that yeah i mean it's it's been a fluid process but uh we we hope to get better every day and uh tina only says hello to you liming <laughs> i will say hello back to you tina even though you're hello, just saying hello to liming there but, everybody uh, calls me liming even my my, my kiddo's Best friend is in kindergarten. She says, hi, Liming. It is, well, her dad puts her up to it. But anyway. Not Liming? I get called that. Yeah. I always tell people it's, my name sounds like the uh, citrus fruit, not the suicidal rodent. 
<laughs> well, if it were limbing, you would be, uh, with the short I, it would be a double consonant with the two M's. Yeah. Uh, here we go, the English teacher thing. So, <laughs> typically. <laughs> Grammar Nazi! <laughs> Hello, Sabrina. Sabrina. Hey, hey. hey. Hello. Hello. Miss Wilson. Miss Wilson. All these lemmings can call you leaming. I get that from telemarketers who are English as second language. Lemmy Winks. Well, I, I, I find it – the only time I find my name to be beneficial in its spelling is when telemarketers call and they ask if Auric Ficus is there. <laughs> I can say no. Auric Ficus is not here. It feels like a species of fruit tree. <laughs> this is the Auric Ficus. And <laughs> I was actually just getting ready to ask you if anyone ever called you Auric when you said that. Oh, yeah. Arik. Uh, Arik. The ficus is just them not looking close enough. Correct. Well, I get called bratty lemming. <laughs> and I'm like... I, uh, mm. It's pretty hard to mispronounce my first name. I just get the classic uh, Griffith. Todd. <laughs> like, get the jokes when you go, is Andy your dad? It's like, uh, it's Andy Griffith. The Todd so Merv Griffith Show. Merv is my dad. Merv. 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 That man did a lot of good work besides his 70s talk show. I mean, Jeopardy and all kinds of stuff. All right. Uh, enough of that. Uh, this is episode 58 of the Play By Your Podcast. If you've not been with us before, uh, we all come to the table with a topic, and we talk uh, 20-ish minutes. And... Uh, and and I I put emphasis on ish because it generally is ish, not twenty. But uh, it does give a little bit of a structure, just a tiny bit, not enough to uh, choke our topics, but uh, enough to maybe keep us a little bit on track. Anyway, uh, we are in order on the screen as we will discuss our topics, and uh, Todd will lead us off. Brady's in the middle, and. Uh, I will end up with our game of the evening, and we will get to that momentarily. I and I see I see a hand in the audience. Oh yes, I need to talk about our website. Uh, visit our website www.playbyyourpodcast.com. I'll do the .com here and uh, find all kinds of things about our show that you may or may not want to know, and uh, you might learn something about. Uh, and God help you if you can figure us out, but uh, <laughs> may, maybe you can a little bit from looking at our website. But anyway, it's there for you. <clears throat> and uh, thank you, Mrs. Wilson. Uh, did we talk about the interview? She says, uh, you guys did quite well being interviewed. You also showed great abilities of being great interviewers. Also, I was proud of you. And thank uh, you. That, thank that you. comes from good teaching. Yes, exactly. I, I, will, I will have to say. Uh, between uh, between you and Mrs. German, who uh, taught us speech class, I guess that's that's kind of why we're all here. Uh, yeah, talking talking every week. Anyway, so Brady, why don't you take it away here? My topic is going to be like we amuse ourselves greatly sometimes by breaking out some archaic and old speech. Where every once in a while there'll be something that my mom or my grandma said, like old things, but we're gonna take it way back. This is just simply entitled Phrases That We Should Bring Back. And when these are 
not necessarily medieval. They could be 18th century, 17th century, 19th century, heck, 1950s or 1920s. But these are just some phrases that definitely need to be brought back. And um, I will start off with number one. The phrase, blank, blank, like a wet sock, which means a limp handshake. Like, he has a handshake like a wet sock. How insulting is that to say that your uh, that your handshake is like a wet sock? Now, my mind goes different places. That sounds way worse. But, like, um, so it's a wet sock. So, Eric, could you imagine yourself at a situation that's like, Come here, young fella. You're taking my daughter on a date. Well, you got a grip like a wet sock. <laughs> Man, that sounds really insulting. I, you know, I, well, I guess there could be worse things about you. That what was true. the saying? Like a wet sock. It is describing one's limp handshake. That they have a handshake right. like a wet sock. So we did wet sock. I think enough was said about that one. How about oh, I got Eric? I got caught a wet noodle by a substitute teacher one time when I was in I, elementary school. I was, I was gonna say I've, I've heard that. I've heard a wet yeah. noodle. I've heard uh, handshake like a a limp fish. I've heard that one. Yes, not, not a fist. Fish. 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 I've I've not heard wet sock. I haven't yeah. either. It just kind of sounds gross. All right, you ready for this one? <laughs> Sabrina, hopefully the girl doesn't say the same thing after the date. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> About your handshake, right? Um, all right. Yeah. Um, okay, a sizable amount of money meant to be spent on very satisfying things. This comes from the 20s. That is your happy cabbage. <laughs> now, I think when people refer to happy cabbage now... <laughs> I'm thinking it's referring to left-handed cigarettes. But that being said, I'm setting you guys That's up. That's the devil's lettuce. That's not happy cabbage. That's true. I uh, I've heard of cabbage, uh, <laughs> you know, referring to money. I've never heard. Yeah, of, yeah. I haven't heard it described as happy or anything else. Or having emotions whatsoever. Just uh, yeah. Well, yeah. what was it? The devil's lettuce. <laughs> That 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 guy that uh, that that idol from the Old Testament it could be Bale's kale. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry. Hey, Rook. <laughs> okay. I, I Mind if that. I burn a lefty Rook? Okay. What am I going to so. do to stop you? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> He's a large fellow. Um. To live or go along cheerfully in spite of minor misfortunes is called to pangwangle. Man, I had a flat tire. I lost my credit card. But I'm going to pangwangle along. <laughs> oh, it is, so it's not to pangwangle, it's pangwangle. TV's to pangwangle. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was, I was going to say that. I was going to say that's, that's not. That that's not an unfortunate circumstance at all. <laughs> they they kind of do the Urban Dictionary thing. It says Mickey Mouse who goes along pangwangle despite having a dog who's a friend and also a dog who's a dog. It also comes with they. So he's up. Uh, <laughs> we've had Goofy. that. We've we've had that discussion before. Yes, yes, we have. So, um, all right. Um, when one is walking through the cow pasture. And you're trying to avoid the commerce that the cow has made. 
<laughs> it says to to flub the dub is to avoid stepping in the cow Patricia's. So, um, so flub the dub is to like, man, the dogs have been out there. You might want to flub the dub when you walk through that yard. So does it work for any animal feces or just cow feces? Um, it, it just says to evade duty and no, not D U T Y D O O D Y. Like the Caddyshack kind of duty. Duty. Um, which turned out to be a baby Ruth, right? Yes, it did. I remember so, there was a uh, baby Ruth in the bottom of the pool one time at Lake Winoka when I was a kid. I think really? it was a baby Ruth. Yeah. I hope it was a baby Ruth. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. I think they fished it out. And not the baby's Ruth. <laughs> I think they fished it out. Yeah. Did they bring Some, Bill Murray into it? Yeah. So I'm sure it was It was probably somebody. It was probably you guys after watching, the, Caddyshack. watching that Caddyshack. Um. Here's a good one. Um, it's in reference to a coffin. It's having a pine overcoat. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If I eat three more... Five Guys burgers, man, I'm going to be wearing a pine overcoat early. <laughs> That's uh, definitely a more pleasant way to think about it. Oh. Now, to give someone the wind <laughs> does not mean pull my finger. <laughs> It is to like, jolt. <laughs> if you don't want me to give you the wind, don't come to my house before 9 a.m. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, it actually means to jilt a suitor. Um, they say a modern equivalent, and I don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, to give someone the rose means to, you know. First off. Hit the bricks, toots. Jilt a suitor is ancient in its own right. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so I, I wrap up on the door. I think someone was trying to jilt the suitor. <laughs> she was waiting in the parlor, and the quarter did not make her fancy. So she gave him the wind. It's, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, consider yeah. that suitor jilted. Now, now that, that comes from the time, and I'm going to footnote Gary Goleman. If you like stand-up comedy, you got to look this guy. Of course, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just my kind of humor. But he said, back in the day when you could just say a greeting really tersely means like you're cussing someone out. It'd be like, good day, sir. I said, good day. The little uh, uh, meme or the uh, with the otter or whatever that's like looking at you sideways and it says, I said, good day, sir. <laughs> or I think it's an otter or a some sort of <laughs> yeah, it's kind of aquatic mammal. <laughs> um, speaking of animals, should try that with students, Eric, when they come to your office, uh, you're trying to get the last word in. <laughs> good day, <laughs> sir. I said good day. But he did hit me first. I said good, good day, day, sir. <laughs> I make that if my if my bosses or any of my coworkers are watching this, I'm making it my goal to do that tomorrow. I just want to say, I, are you talking Eric, during the test? Uh, no, I, I said good day, sir. <laughs> well, you got to say good day first, Brady. You can't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, the the re, the repetition of it is when you get yeah. the attitude and throw the sir in there. <laughs> I dare you, Eric, to do that this before oh, the year's over to a student that comes in the room. That would be remove awesome. yourself to the commissary. <laughs> good day, sir. I said good day, sir. I do not care. We're making a ruckus in the privy. But. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and who might get him a dressing down in the headmaster's office 
if there was a Donnybrook on the recess grounds and a child came to you and he had to cop a mouse, which means to get a black eye. Oh. So I copped a mouse on that ruffian. That means you gave him a black eye. I thought copping a mouse was another term for pocket pool. <laughs> I think that's more middle. <laughs> I wasn't referring to Brady's example. I just thought that's what it sounds like to me. Like, <laughs> cop a mouse. Uh, I've, ne- mm. I- I've, ne- I've never played Bermuda billiards in my life. <laughs> All right. So. All right. A couple comments here. Uh, Sabrina said, whoever put the candy bar in the pool is ruthless. Why <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Sabrina. Uh, Jim, wouldn't flub the dub mean you stepped in it? I, I mean, kind of. I think you would rub the dub. <laughs> Again, that sounds like another euphemism for Bermuda billiards, as you said. <laughs> oh man! Uh, welcome, Becky McConaughey, and she implores me to use the good day, sir. <laughs> oh man! You got to slam a book down when you. I said good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to throw the word implore in there too yes I implore oh. you good day sir to rethink your actions <laughs> before the break of dawn at first light um anyway uh if I could go along this is a type of beard quote um leaving hair under your chin and upon each side of the mouth, forming with a mustache, th- this is a type of beard called a door knocker. <laughs> so it just kind of comes like where it's shaped like the things that you knock. <laughs> 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 so it's thin. It's a goatee, but more defined. It's more like an outline. And that is called a door knocker. Huh. Why that, that young grow cat about town? He's sporting his door knocker and thinks he's so swell. You should uh, you should grow a door knocker this summer, Brady. I think I will. I think you need to and uh, show it off here on the show. Yes. Okay. Someone who does not, who, someone who brings his own provisions and does not contribute at all to a gathering at the beach or some kind of picnicery, they're called a nosebagger. Hang on a minute. How do you contribute at the beach? Well, like if if your family and my family and Eric's family are how they're having a gathering of the seashore and we're having a picnic and you only provide your own provisions and do not provide a casserole, you're a nosebagger. <laughs> nosebagger. AKA so, freeloader. Yes. Gotcha. I'm hesitant to read this one. But you will anyway. I think I shall. You shall. Um, you should. When someone, they, they say this comes from the 17, early 1800s. When someone who is doing something not healthy, maybe drinking too much, maybe eating the wrong foods, or um, they are living a life that's not up to dick. <laughs> and it says clearly not meaning this the improper way, but that's what was... That is a phrase that should stay gone. Just saying. I'm not sure. You look it up in the dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) We're not talking about detectives. (laughs) 
And this is this is not feline in nature. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So can you give me the meaning of that again, Brady? Um, to live to do something. Okay, wait a minute. Um, if someone where if something or someone is not healthy, so if that bowl of milk had been setting out for two days Meat. and it's curling, it's not up to Richard. <laughs> It's um that so it's not up to di- that that's the saying. Uh, okay. Hello, Howard. Hello, Howard. Uh, apparently, Allison. I don't know how long Allison's been here, but she found somewhat of a bit of humor in your. She's last not only laughing; saying. she's knocking her head sideways while crying, <laughs> laughing twice. That's good. We got gotcha, you, Allison. Um, now, um, sometimes when one watches American Idol, which I don't, but like a, a bunch of noisy singers that aren't very musical, they are whooper ups, <laughs> whooper ups, man, they think they sound like journey, but they're just a bunch of whooper ups. <laughs> so that's an old thing. Okay. We got, we got a comment. How, uh, Andy, welcome Andy. And grow, grow a mobless, mobless? Mobius. 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 Oh, is that an eye? I, I guess I need to put my glasses on. It's a very costly facial accessory. What? What is a Mobi- Mobius? Is, is that is that a Matrix? Um, I see. There, there's the there's the comic book characters like a vampire. His Mobius, I think. But then it was also a Matrix thing. Somebody will have to. Uh, that's one uh, sci-fi franchise. I'm not as I've watched it, but I'm not as familiar with it. it I just saw it once. Um, so, so Brady, this last, <laughs> this last thing is a conjured up a, a bunch of uh, comments here. Uh, Miss Wilson, remember the English eat spotted dick. So maybe if it goes bad, <laughs> the spotted went not up to. <laughs> so uh, Becky says, well, great. So when I'm sitting eating my unhealthy bonbons, I'm up to dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Becky. <laughs> that that would be correct in this usage. Um okay, now we have um oh wow. Um sorry, I know we've said, you know, shut your pie hole or something like that, but an older reference is shut your sauce box. <laughs> sauce box. Yeah, so it's the same thing, but um, you know, Okay, um, wait a minute. Okay, how about when it gets very hot out? (laughs) Okay, this is going to be good. Moving on to old phrases used to describe excessive heat. Um, There is an old one that came from Pennsylvania that um, in the days before air conditioning, it was hotter than Dutch love at harvest. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't even know what that means. It just sounds funny. (laughs) Man, it's hotter than love at Dutch harvest. I don't know why I I said John Houseman when I said that. (laughs) I thought you said Dutch love at harvest. Yes, yes. It's hotter than Dutch love at harvest. So how how do the Dutch look? Because I mean, I like a, D- well, a Dutch treat, and the date is like every both parties pay for themselves. I mean, so what does Dutch love entail? Um, I think what it means is like because in Pennsylvania the Dutch are actually Deutsch, they're German. The Pennsylvania Dutch, 
and right. um, it probably means that um, two Amish romance, like romantically involved, if they're sneaking a canoodling in moonlight during harvest, I'm I'm sure that's where it comes from, and I'm guessing. It sounds like we're playing that one game, but I think that's the story behind it. <laughs> um, there's also, it does not say the origin or where this comes from, but also frequently heard to ex- to describe excessive heat in the summer is the bear got him. He went outside in a sweating and it's like, it's so hot, the bear got him. That doesn't make any right. sense at all, but it kind of sounds fun to say. Now, I've heard, like, if somebody is uh, taking a while to come back, I've heard he went to shit and the hogs ate him. I've heard that. <laughs> What? I think that's the saying. Yeah, like if somebody's gone a long time, if somebody's not, you know, if somebody is uh, is taking their time and not returning in a timely manner. Are hogs fashion, known as man eaters? They'll eat you. Yeah. I mean, what? Hogs, hogs will eat anything. Yeah. But seems like you would have to throw yourself into their uh, into Stye. their domain. Well, that's I assume that's where you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna wade into the pigsty. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know the hogs would eat you, Brady. Well, don't ever I mean, offer up a, a limb to a hog, huh? No, they won't like chase you down. I mean, like that they're not. Like, I know wild boars are dangerous. Unless you uh, talking, unless you smell like a truffle, then they might, they might <laughs> hunt you down. No, that that's one of the ways to get away with the perfect murder is to take the dead body and give it to a bunch of hogs. They eat everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. Here is, Hang on a minute. Uh, we cannot be held accountable. We better put some sort of disclaimer yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, there's a disclaimer there. And, and I'm not the first one to say that, no. obviously. <laughs> so, I mean, it can't be attributed to me. I'm just repeating what I've heard. Okay. So, so, so don't use me as your alibi. Any, any of you 15 in the room right now, don't use me as your alibi for your perfect murder. Yes. Yes. There's, I'm quite before. sure there's some in our room that already knew that. There's, I know some of the people in our room, and I think they already knew that. Yeah. Now, uh, Howard says uh, Aunt Wanda used that phrase all the time. Now, Howard's really? my cousin, so his mom was my aunt. So she, I've never heard her say that. I've heard her Did say I a, lot, it right, a lot of Howard? things like that, but uh, apparently so because he said she used that phrase. Yeah, I never heard that one. <laughs> um, everybody's gonna love this one. Another description of hot weather if it's too humid, and this goes back to the 1800s. The air is full of moist. <laughs> I, I believe that is a throw mama from the train reference. Sultry. Sultry. <laughs> Moist. One of um, our favorite words. <laughs> okay. Um, how a couple more. Uh, it is the opposite way of describing the freezing cold, I guess. Um, it's, it gives the body the flesh creep. It's so cold, it gives you the flesh creep. Ooh. Yeah. That makes sense, though. I mean, some of these just don't make any sense, but that makes sense. Colder than a brass toilet. <laughs> oh, excuse, I think, me, excuse me. Colder than a brass toilet in the Yukon is the full phrase. That, that would cold be enough, cold. Cold enough of, to freeze the balls off a brass monkey on a brass toilet. <laughs> We've talked about that before. That cold monkey, enough to monkey free, indeed. To, to freeze the balls off a brass monkey. Did we look that up and find the origin? I, like I, I think it was it was a sailing or it was a, a ship 
some sort of ship uh, in nature, like the the history of it was. Yeah, several of these phrases have come from sailing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to skip that one. You'll have to ask me about this one later. Um, uh, if somebody is too tipsy, they are a lean away. A lean away, so, so it's not to fall away. They're leaning. Um, it, I guess uh, like they're a lean away. Um, a, another name for a dive bar is a red onion. I wonder why. I've never heard. Not, I, doesn't even give it. When somebody not, rats somebody out at school, an old in phrase is they are a blobber. Don't a be a blob. blobber. A snitch. A, a snitch. Mm. That yeah, here are Blobber, all. blobbers get stitches. Doesn't quite have the ring to yes. it as snitches get stitches. Blobbers get clobbered. <laughs> um, and here are all the synonyms. They give a bunch for uh, snitching to be a cabbage hat, a pigeon, or a telegram. I've heard pigeon. I think a stool pigeon, like a like in prison. That's a prison term, I believe. Stool pigeon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about stool pigeon because I never knew what a stool pigeon was. Um, and Tom and Jerry, they, they, they would always have a pigeon sitting on a stool as a visual gag. But anyway, what is a stool pigeon? I think I, I think I've known before, but I've... it's an official informant to the yeah. authorities. Got gotcha. you, pigeon. Authorities. Um, I probably should avoid. Um, so does it mean like a, a stool as in a bench or like a yeah, seat the kind or a stool as in a, a feces? <laughs> no, like <laughs> like a feces pigeon. Well, I'm going to say the the, 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 the the piece of furniture because of the Tom and Jerry thing on the farm of tomorrow, they crossed a stool with a pigeon <laughs> and the pigeon had like four legs and it was walking like a – so that's what I'm going to base this on. Farm of tomorrow. <laughs> Those Tex Avery's are great. Yes, they are. Um, I don't need to tell you what the Master John Goodfellow, the Gentleman Usher, and the Cyprian Scepter are. Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Say say those again. The um, (laughs) the the Master John Goodfellow. The, the, the gentleman usher. I gotta look this up now. <laughs> the Cyprian scepter. Hang on a minute. The, the master, jo- <laughs> master John Goodfellow. Yeah. <laughs> I know what they are now. <laughs> um, they are. Gen- <laughs> they are specific to a certain gender segment of the population oh so it's a john thomas <laughs> hey yes. john thomas yes yes and then on the other end of the spectrum the netherlands <laughs> mount pleasant and mrs fubb's parlor <laughs> i gotta look that up too <laughs> these don't <laughs> oh i did yeah mrs fubb's parlor now, how do you spell fubb's now, now, Sticks in their early days on one, I can't remember which of their first four albums it was on, but they had a a song called The Grove of Eglantine. 
<laughs> it feels very proggy. It, it was very proggy, but I mean, you can look up the Grove of Eglantine, but uh, kind of goes along with that list that you just gave there. Um, just r- remind me when we're done with the episode, remind me to repeat number 66 through 71. <laughs> um, a few comments here. Uh, Todd, you are correct about the. Uh, Thank you. The hogs eating the person who had gone to do their business. Business. Uh, Howard also says flesh creep equals goosebumps. That, that, yeah, that's yeah, what I said. It makes sense. Flesh creep made a lot of sense to me. And a Sabrina a pigeon with a doctorate in proctology. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, our our timer went off. I mean, are you? Have you exhausted this list here? I think I've exhausted. I'll just leave you with this one. Any kind of meat served rare is served on the hoof. So if you order a a steak medium rare, you're ordering it on the hoof. Makes sense. And um, city juice and dog soup were both synonyms for water. City juice and dog soup. Interesting. So... Hmm. And chicks on a raft is eggs on toast. And ham and eggs is cluck and grunt. <laughs> so, order that at Waffle Again, House and see what kind of look sense. you get. Yeah, just be very careful. Be very careful ordering that. <laughs> Say that three times fast. <laughs> I'd like my cluck, cluck and grunt scattered, smothered. Sm- <laughs> Splattered, smattered, and chunked. See, I can't even do it. <laughs> Splattered, scattered, and chunked. That, that comes after. <laughs> My mother was horrified when we went to Waffle House after one of her dog's appointments. Doctor, dog's appointments. <laughs> doctor's appointments. <laughs> and I ordered so what'd you do with the dog? splattered and chunked. So she, She'd never been to Waffle House before? And- I... I, well, it had been a while, and nobody else in my house will ever want to go. And it's the only time I've ever eaten at a Waffle House at daylight, I think. I was going to say, I didn't think they opened until like 2 a.m. <laughs> what? Um, I, I am not up on the, the um, potato terminology there with the hash browns. I, I typically just like cheese on them. Is, what's the term for just cheese on them? Is that a term? Is, is that smothered? Isn't it? Is it? Is it spot? I thought it was smothered. I would think smothered the first thing. step of the of the layer would be cheese. So whatever the first uh, word would be. So if it, is it smothered? Is the first one? Well, yeah. when they're hashed, it is smothered, right? Yeah, I think. Or, so. or a scattered. Covered. That'd be scattered. Covered. Allison says covered. She's much more into the uh, terminology of waffle hairs than I am. Uh, Sabrina, it's like hearing Kronk repeat the orders back to the waitress in Emperor's New Group. group. Yes. (laughs) All right. Uh, Brady, are you done with your list? I am good with my list. Um, Like I said, uh, if we ever do a live, I'll read 66 through 71, but um, I will not do them on this program. (laughs) So. That would... would, uh, not help our TV 14 rating. It would not. not. <laughs> it would not. Right. Allison's husband was a manager of a waffle. Hey, yes. So he made it through the, uh, the military with Allison having a, a weapon, as we talked about a few weeks back. And, uh, 
became a manager of a waffle haze. Which is a front lines in a whole different way. Yeah. So say, Allison, your husband's a very interesting I was going to say, we owe, him, we owe him thanks for his service in many yes. ways. Indeed. Yeah. Now you guys want me, you got me wanting Waffle House, I'll be honest yeah. with you. I get the cravings now and then. We'll yeah. just have to make it's it good, a, good food. I've never had anything bad at Waffle House. Play it by ear. Live at Waffle House. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> All right. Before we get into topic two, I want to talk to you about our memberships. They do support our work on the podcast. For more information, go to playitbyearpodcast.com backslash support. And it is in the uh, menu section of our website. Let me see if I can bring up the website here. I always forget I have that capability here to show my screen and I never do that. But uh, let me do that real quick here. And uh, again, these are memberships. Uh, bring up our website to give you a look at it. And uh, right there in the middle, membership support. And uh, our menu up there gives you uh, other parts of our website that you can have a look at. But uh, again, if you go to that support, membership support tab there, it will take you uh, to a link to buy me a coffee, which is our crowdsourcing platform. And uh, that they kind of handle our uh, our memberships there. And we thank our members slash Earbud Hall of Fame, which Allison has won. We've been uh, showing her comments here. Uh, Joe Rocky, Christina Rocky, Chuck Griffin, and Jessica Longacre, along with Allison, are our Earbud Hall of Famers. If you'd like to join the Hall of Fame, again, go to that uh, membership support link on the menu there. And we thank you. We absolutely thank you. Definitely. Mm. All right. All right, Todd. Yes, sir. Europe. Europe. <laughs> Europe. All right. So this past Sunday was Mother's Day. So happy belated Mother's Day from the uh, Play It By Your podcast. Uh, we thank you for all you do. And we kind of thought it would be fun to do a uh, mom-based topic. So what we decided on was a uh, little bit of a list and a, uh, a riffing about uh, the greatest TV mom ever or our favorite TV moms. I have a list, uh, although I'm sure there will be a lot of um, opinions and uh, your own choices out there. But just get started on my list. Number one on this list. We'll start at number one. Uh, Kitty Foreman, uh, that 70s show. That 70s show, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kitty Foreman, uh, Red Foreman's better half. So uh, I, I need to ask a question before you get down too far in this list. What makes a greatest TV mom? Is there any stipulations on this list? or uh, The list I'm using, I'll be honest with you, is just a ranker list so there's nothing it doesn't really it doesn't say anything so people just voted on people on just that. vote on it i thought we would provide the um context you know, the, the context but i i don't know i don't know is there any one uh lovable what is the caring sweet but or you know peg bundy would be on my list and i wouldn't call her lovable caring or sweet at all <laughs> that's true so uh, Peggy Foreman, I, I didn't watch a lot of that 70s show, but... Kitty Foreman, Kitty. Kitty, sorry, yeah. Kitty. Um, she did stand up to Red, and not yes. many people would do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, was she lovable to Eric? I, I don't know. I, I didn't watch... She was, yeah, I didn't she, was, know. she was a good mom. 
Yeah, she was. Maybe she ran a little bit of interference with Red and Eric there. Maybe that was her role as greatest TV mom. Yeah. Uh, number two on the list, Marge Simpson. Ooh. Uh, I don't watch The Simpsons, so I can't. I can't. Marge is awesome. I got to scroll back up here because uh, Sabrina had a comment right before you went frozen about Marge Simpson. Uh, she said, Marge Simpson, she has put up with so much and for 30 years with children under 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is true. That is true. Yes. Um, yeah, Marge. See, that's interesting because on my end, I kept talking and you guys both froze. I, I, I still don't understand this. The uh, when this thing freezes, yeah, well, because it's 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 just very weird. Because I just kept talking away, waiting for you guys to talk, and you were just staring at me, making me uncomfortable. (laughs) Number three, Morticia Adams. Ah, that's an interesting choice. Why why is she above? uh, Oh, who was the Munster? Oh, Lily Munster. So Morticia Adams. This is interesting. Morticia, Ad- Morticia Adams, I keep saying more. Morticia Adams is number three, and number eight is Lily Munster. Why is Morticia five spots ahead of Lily Munster? I think that Morticia had to manage much more darker forces. The Munsters were lighthearted, happy-go-lucky. They just kind of looked monsterly. But the Adams Hence- family... That you know that there are some weirdness and some darkness, and Morticia managed that, you know, darkness. And um, oh, uh, oh gosh, Gomez Adams, he was a little bit of a masher, so she had to keep him like. <laughs> it had to speaking of old terms, but he was a bit much. So just managing all those personalities, she had a lot more to deal with in a disembodied hand and a furball that walked. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think? What picture do you think I get in my mind when I hear the word masher? I hope it's uh, Bugs Bunny when Granny whacks the guy that <laughs> with the umbrella for getting fresh. That's it. Masher! <laughs> <laughs> getting fresh. What are you? 104? We're talking about old words. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm immersing myself in the culture. Next year we'll be talking about necking. <laughs> I mean, petting. <laughs> Number four, Sophia Petrillo, Golden Gals. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Interesting. I, I, I agree with that pick, though. I, you probably It's probably interesting because you think of the Golden Girls as you don't – I mean, even though she obviously – I mean, all of them were moms, right? I mean, they were all mothers. Yeah, yeah. But she was the only one, obviously, where you saw that mother-daughter relationship, yep. um, which is, I think, why they're probably picking her over all of the Golden Gals. But uh, Sophia was definitely—I don't know—I can't pick a favorite Golden Girl. It depends on the episode. <laughs> Number five, Wilma Flinston. Yes. <laughs> Again, I don't know. I don't know why. She would be on there. Uh, see her and um, oh my gosh, um, Alice from the Honeymoon. Alice Cramden. Yeah, Alice Cramden. They manage the same kind of big personality. Yeah, you could be boorish and uh, prone to harebrained schemes. So it's like managing a child many times. Well, but but again, I think you're seeing some commonalities here because we talked about Kitty Foreman standing up to Red. I think Wilma Flinston stood up to Fred. Uh, True. Every, talk, 
these are all strong personalities. These are all strong personalities. And uh, Jill Taylor, number six, uh, Tim, the tool man's wife. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, that fits the same. Yeah. Same mode you were talking about. Managing the man child. (laughs) Uh, Which was the uh, home improvement was one of the earliest. uh, uh, Dad is a bumbling buffoon who can't accomplish anything at all. Uh, uh, That that, that became big there through the 90s and uh, still is today. Uh, Seven, Samantha Stevens. Bewitched. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Bewitched. Bewitched. <laughs> <laughs> tico, tico, tico. I already mentioned number eight, Lily Munster. How about number nine? I was. This was on my. Before I even looked at this list, I had some moms. Like I had, I had my own kind of. I don't want to say top ten list, but I had a list, and Claire Huxtable was in. Was on my list. So. Right. Um. Had to keep the pudding pops coming. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Brady. Sorry. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> no, I'm just like, he was always hawking pudding pops at the, at the height of the well, she, fame. But she did have to always keep him because he was always trying to lose weight and dealing with, you know, trying to cut back on soda. He was always cutting back on something or trying to quit, you know, something. And she always had to, you know. And, Consciousness. Yeah, she was um, always the taking the the three foot long uh sub out of his hand as he was getting ready to take a bite of it and uh call it you know the uh the which i think that was an interesting concept too because here you have two very successful professionals she was a lawyer he was a doctor um but he the but the buffoonery was still there yeah the you know the uh, the episode where like uh he tried to fix the the shower like the retile the shower, and he, and of course, he had it all messed up, and it she had to, she had to yeah. go in behind him and hire uh, the the group to come in and 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 fix the shower. Yeah, he he pretty much messed up everything he touched around the house. I resemble that. <laughs> Lucy Ricardo, number ten. Hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. I just never. I love the show, but. That, the child was not the focus. Well, exactly. The show was not about her being a mother. Yeah, that's yeah. maybe that's why that doesn't. Because I, she's the first one to me on this list that's just like doesn't fit at all. Yeah, I couldn't, you know, number eleven, one of my personal favorites, Reba. Reba. Reba McIntyre. Very uh, <laughs> very underrated show, by the way. Reba, very funny. <laughs> Uh, the character of Van in that show was a uh, a barrel of laughs. Number twelve and one. I don't really. I never watched Gilmore Girls, but uh, is it Lorelai? Sing it, Fiscus. Lorelai, let's live together. Thank you. <laughs> uh, moving along, number thirteen. Uh, Car- Caroline Ingalls. Is it Carolyn? Carolyn. Carolyn. Carolyn Ingalls. My bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was hmm. never, I don't know. I don't remember much about Little House. <laughs> she kept it from being killed by, by Indians and... And dysentery. And dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> Number 14, Jane Jetson. I never was a Jetsons fan. <laughs> well, I, Carolyn Angles, back to her, though. I mean, she, she would stand up to Nellie Olson. Or uh, not Nellie, uh, what was oh, the, so Nellie's mother's... Olsen. This is Olson. <laughs> I can't remember her name. It was old, it was old woman Nelson. Or, uh, 
Olsen. Olsen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number 15, here we go. Marion Cunningham. All right, so that, that is sad. Now I'm going to put this comment. This comment's been here for a while, and that's sacrilege, and I'm, I'm with Gary. Yes. I don't know if... I would go as far as to say that Marion Cunningham is number one, but number 15, that is just sacrilege. It is. I agree. And, and uh, wasn't she, uh, wasn't her and Fonzie having a little thing going the, for some of the show? Yeah. Yep. Well, real I, mean, wife? I, I thought they did. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know that they were, but I thought there was some like, yeah, not, no, not, not the characters in, in real life. Yeah. Oh, in real life. Yes. Yeah. Not oh. in the show. Yeah. yeah in real life. That, yeah. Uh, well, you didn't know that Brady? Were, well, uh, no, I know that Greg Brady and Carol Brady had Carol a... Carol Brady. <laughs> Carol Brady. Greg Brady and Carol Brady. <laughs> Why'd you turn to Larry Flint all of a sudden? <laughs> Carol Brady. I shouldn't do that. was mean. You just you reminded me of when you when you went into that. Um, yeah, uh, Fonzie and uh, Marion Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking <laughs> Larry Flint. <laughs> what the heck? What happened? Carol <laughs> Brady. Carol Brady. Oh, anyway, um, my legs hurt all of a sudden. The uh, the um, <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure her and Fonzie, her and Arthur Fonzarelli, in real life, kind of. I don't know that they dated or had any kind of like real fling, but I know that I've I've heard where they like kind of fooled around and teased around and and flirted around with each other behind the scenes. But you're right, uh, Carol Brady and uh, was it Greg Brady? Greg Brady, yeah. yes, Greg. They went and actually went on date. Yeah. That's number six. Number six. <laughs> numbers. That was very specific. They went out on a date, a like date. A one it was, date. It, it, it was one date. One. Where they really was. I don't, I don't know what they did. Sixteen. June Cleaver. Oh yeah. Yeah. Again, I would say greatly, greatly underrated there in this particular list. <laughs> one of the greatest TV lines of all time. Word. Don't be so hard on the beaver. <laughs> And Revenge of the know. Nerds. Yeah. yeah. Seventeen. Here we go. Peggy Bundy. Peggy Bundy. Oh, wow. And, and she fits that mold more than I guess I thought. You know, kind of putting Al in his place. Oh yeah. Um live you know, she had the the oh the I'm trying to think, you know, trying to think. Al painted her as a ditzy you know, she le- less than, yeah, less than smart. Uh, but she pretty much, uh, ruled the roost. I got 18. comments here whenever you're ready. Edith Bunker. Eat it. <laughs> Give me a beer. Right away, Archie. <laughs> Sing it, Eric. Like the way Glenn Miller played. Swansy made a hit parade. I can't do it. Hey, age has uh, taken away my ability. Just like I used to do a mean Woody Woodpecker. I can't do that anymore either. Opposed to a kind Woody Woodpecker. I just, I just picture like, well, that was probably recorded in front of a live studio broadcast, and I just picture Eric out in the audience when they announce her. He eat it. <laughs> eat it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and everybody turns to him at once and looks at him. <laughs> oh, good. Again, I have, I have comments whenever you're ready. Go ahead. I'm ready. All right. So uh, back to the Waffle House. Uh, Sabrina <laughs> says, look up the Waffle House's rule during natural disasters and emergencies. They are the rule for how bad an area is judged to have been hit by a disaster by the government. I'd never heard of such a thing. So if the Amazing. Waffle House closed, it's bad? Uh, apparently. And uh, Allison's husband is a police officer now. So, yeah, he's, he's had quite the... Uh, wow, man, we really owe him a lot of thanks. He's yes. getting three yeah, right. very important jobs. Yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, Gary says you need a great TV show to have a great TV mom, and he's not sure he understands anyone being above Mary Cunningham. And again, yeah. I put that comment up already, but... Again, vastly underrated there. Um, Number 20. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got a few more here. Uh, Miss Wilson, Mama from Mama's family. Oh. She was great at wrangling the family crazies. Oh. That is true. Fluffy, fluffy, fluffy. If my mom <laughs> is listening, I mean, that show would send her into stitches. <laughs> uh, also, Miss Wilson says Morticia has sex appeal. So maybe that explains her being ranked above Lily Munster. I like Lily Munster's hair better. Yes. Yeah. Tone. Indeed. Uh, Allison says, Harriet, I, I'm assuming. Harriet. <laughs> Sweet Harriet. <laughs> Hard. 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 Haggis. <laughs> Not that Harriet. I, I'm assuming it's Ozzy and Harriet. Yeah. She's referring to. Uh, All right. So we had Edith. Sorry. Um, Becky says, she Maggie was, on groin pains. She was definitely on my list before I saw this list. Um, groin pains a couple of them a couple of the from that era like um uh the mom uh, what's her name on who's the boss um angela judith, judith light angela yeah i'm better remembering the actress's name than i am the, the actual yeah, character's the character name, but yeah. number 19 betty rubble two flintstones in the top 20 no, no betty rubble was not a mother she was two yes she was she adopted bambam but <laughs> <laughs> Which was uh, Wampum's cousin, now, I believe. Oh, what was he adopted? Yes, really? Yes, it, it was a very. She, they were having, I, they really wanted children, and they couldn't. I, and he, I, they adopted. You're right. I, I, I can't. I apologize. I can't believe I forgot about Bam Bam. You owe Betty on. Rubble an apology. I do owe Betty Rubble. <laughs> number number Terrible. twenty, Carol Brady. That's and, and that is insane. I'm Higher? sorry. Absolutely higher. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the the people voting on this list are just it, it, again, it's insanity. I had a bit of a, a crush on Carol Brady. Oh yeah, Flo. Uh, if you would have taken her out of the Flo. like uh, the polyester and the dated gear and put her into she Flo, are you talking Flo about Anderson? Alan? No, Flo Henderson. Flo Henderson. Oh yeah, and Flo, 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 if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> number 21 i don't know claire dunphy uh, oh yeah oh yeah. Uh, modern family yeah modern family oh, i don't oh, watch modern family I like claire 22 <laughs> florida evans uh, Who? Uh, oh, good, uh, good times wait, wait, wait. damn 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 <laughs> Is that your her, Florida her, Evans her, 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 her greatest line ever from the show. Yeah. Do you know what that line was from, Brady? I, you, you, was that when he died of a heart attack? He didn't die of a heart attack. He died in a car accident. 
Oh, who did? Yeah. James. Oh, the dad. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All I know about good times is that I keep on messing up the lyrics. That ain't he, Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> good time. But anyway, sorry, go ahead, Todd. 23 is the first one on the list that I dislike. Okay. And I don't mean I dislike as in... I just thought it, this is strictly... Uh, this is not knocking her as, a, as an actress or as a mother or as a character. Actually, this is a character. Deborah Barone. I, I was not a fan of of her. I, I love the show, but I thought she was one of the weakest links of the show. Everybody loves Raymond. Right? Everybody loves Raymond. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought she was too hard on Ray. <laughs> oh, Gary, I see what you did there, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Good times, dynamite choice. <laughs> Number twenty four, Olivia Walton. <laughs> Uh, also a crush. I had a crush on Olivia Walton. But wait, wait a minute, Brady. Are, are you the Waltons theme, or are you the rooster from that Tom and Jerry cartoon? <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Todd, well, we are talking about the Waltons, aren't we, Todd? Yeah, yeah. You had a crush on Mrs. Walton. <laughs> don't you judge? Don't you sit there and judge me? Wait a minute. Don't act like I'm not I, up to dick. I, you, you. <laughs> You are the first person I ever knew, Todd, to have a crush on Michael Learned. <laughs> what? That's her name. Michael Learned. Really? Her real name, yes. Uh, she'll oh, always I'll be Olivia Walton learned. to me. Yes. What? what why wouldn't you have a crush on her? She's an attractive... Oh, man. 25. Wheezy Jefferson. Wheezy. Wheezy. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> You know, my favorite Wheezy Jefferson thing was when she was all upset. Um, something, some kind of chaos was breaking out a trick-or-treat. And there was a trick-or-treater knocked at the door. And they said, trick-or-treat. She says, do you like butter rum? And he's like, yeah. It's like, well, here's the rum. You can get the butter later and put a bottle <laughs> of rum in the bag. <laughs> now, uh, in interesting fact here that the actress who played Wheezy Jefferson was markedly older than was Sherman Hemsley, who really? played George. Oh, like 15 years old. Oh, I do remember hearing that. Yeah. I think Wheezy should have been higher. She was. I would have put she her over Deborah. I would have put her over Deborah Barone. Probably Betty Rubble. Yeah. How about number, I don't know 26 and 27. Uh, well, actually, I do. I'm sorry. 26, Laura Petrie. Um, or Petrie from a Dick Van Dyke show. Dick Van Dyke. Twenty-seven is the part. Uh, Shirley Renfrew Partridge. I, I was. That's before my time. Um, I'm gonna go quicker. Twenty-eight. Rose Nyland. There's <laughs> yeah. our second Golden Girl. Golden Girl. Twenty-nine. Rebecca Katsopoulos. Before oh, prison. From, uh, oh, right, right. Uh, gotcha. Full House. Full House. Joe. Uh, um, um, Jesse's. Uh, cousin Jesse's wife, right? Yeah. Yes. Had a hots for her too. Uh, and Rad, she was in Rad. Yeah, I yeah. a couple couple comments on your uh, Olivia Walton fixation here. Uh, Thank you, Howard. H Howard says she did have a certain something to him. Yeah. Jim says that's a mountain of an Oedipus complex. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Walton's mountain of Oedipus <laughs> complex. I see what you did there, Jim. I've heard of that. Maggie Seaver 
There's the, there's the uh, growing pains. Growing pains. Yeah. Yep. But wasn't Rebecca Katsopoulos the one in Rad? Wasn't she in? Uh, I can't think of her name in real life now. No, um, no. As much as she's been in the news, I can't. I can't yeah. think of her. Uh, yeah, Lori Loughlin. Lori Loughlin. Yeah. Loughlin Wasn't she in Rad? I'll look. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Send me an angel. Uh, thirty-one. Hey, ah, Elise Keaton. Elise Keaton. Oh yeah. Another one that I think should have been higher. Interestingly yeah, enough, she correct. was also number thirty-three. Really. Thirty-four. Roseanne Connor. Again, I would have put Roseanne higher. Um, I just ne- I never loved that show, so I'm going to sour on her a bit. Really? Oh, that was a great show. Number 36, we have our third golden gal, Dorothy Zbornak. Dorothy Zbornak. So you really think Dorothy is the third most popular mother on... I, I, I just... I, I have a problem with that. Seems like Dorothy... <laughs> Oh, no, I'm, I'm just saying it seems like Dorothy was more of a central figure in the show than was the other two. But again, was her mother was her was it was it that part of her that was highlighted? She was about as motherly as a brass toilet in the Yukon. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not saying you know what I mean. She's, you know, B. Arthur is kind of imposing. She was a Marine. All right. Well, just yeah, right. Uh, now, here we go. Number forty, Marie Barone should have been much higher than Ray's wife. Marie Barone, the mom and dad made that show. Frank and Marie. Number forty-one, Edna Garrett. Now, how's Edna, she not higher? Uh, okay. Now, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, I, I, I will object to this. Was Mrs. Garrett a mother? I mean, she she played a motherly role, but did she actually have children? She was the parentis and loco. She yes. was the parent on the scene in the Facts of Life boarding school. So, yeah. Right. Correct. But, I mean, so, again, are we, are we expanding motherly behavior to an actual someone who gave birth to a child? Again, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, it didn't clarify. It just said, fav- yeah, I mean, it didn't say favorite motherly TV. Or didn't, no. you know, well, that wouldn't, yeah. And, and maybe somewhere along the line in the facts of life, Mrs. Garrett, maybe we saw a file that Mrs. Garrett had. I don't remember that. But, of course, facts of life ran, what, 15 years. I didn't really watch uh, all of it. But Here's another one that I throw in the category of the, with the, Everybody loves Raymond, and that is Vivian Banks. She was my least favorite character in Fresh Prince. Well, now she, like the the actresses changed yes. on that role, didn't it? Yes, which tells you that she was not a favorite. I, I don't know. Actually, there might have been a very good reason. But uh, forty four, Angela Bauer. I'm going to skip Angela one Bauer. to forty seven, Kanga. Huh? This is the first. Well. It's not the first cartoon, but this is the first cartoon kangaroo uh, on the list. Uh, I don't even know what it's from. Is that is that Winnie the Pooh? Oh, that Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. Yeah. Is Kanga Kanga was a mom? I thought Kanga was just a one of Winnie's. Rue was the baby. Rue was the baby. That's right. That's right. All right. That's uh, uh, I'm looking for some other notable ones here as I scroll down. Um. You want to go outside the box? Here? Where is 
where is uh, Miss Ella Ewing, 64, <laughs> in Dallas? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. No other Golden Girls so far, and I'm and I'm up to seventy three. Yeah. Um, let's see. What about? Can I get a real outside the box here? Yeah. What about Wilbur's wife, Mister Ed's human mother, Mrs. Ed? Yes. Mrs. Yeah, in my in my uh, I went through the top one hundred. No other Golden Girls in the top one hundred whatsoever. That is that is weird. And also, what about in um oh, what about the uh, Nell Carter? Oh, she yeah. give her a break. I, well, well, yeah. I mean, if Mrs. Garrett's on the list, exactly. Then- if Miss Garrett's on the list, why not Nell Carter? Well. Yeah. Uh, so a few comments here. Uh, and again, Miss Wilson with Miss Garrett was the house mother. So I, again, I don't know if we had any parameters in the list. I'm I'm not against you know celebrating motherly behavior. Certainly, I just didn't know what the parameters were. Yeah. Um, so uh, Gary agrees with Marie Barone above Deborah in much of this list. Definitely. Uh, Howard, when the nanny married Maxwell Sheffield, she became the hottest stepmom on TV. <laughs> well, if, if you can put good, up with the voice, good disclaimer, Howard. Yeah, the voice, the voice was a bit much. Right. Yeah. And uh, Becky, uh, Mrs. Garrett from Facts of Life, not a mother, but motherly. So yeah, I had been again. I guess it made me rethink of. I'm thinking, what would my list of TV moms be? But uh, again, the list is very broad. So I'm, again, that's okay. I'm not trying to offend anybody. How do you, how do you go? How do you go with Ellie Ewing, but none of the? Uh, what's the? Uh, what was the? Uh, the lady in Falcon Crest. What was the? Uh, oh, uh, Jane. Angela Channing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Jane Wyman. Jane Wyman. Why? Wonder why she wouldn't have been on the list. The first Mrs. Ronald Reagan. That's yes. right. So I, I guess in Ellie Ewing though she was kind of. I mean she, she was Jr.'s mother. I mean. <laughs> Well, what does True. that say about her? Demon spawn. Yeah. But then she was Bobby Ewing's mother, too. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Yes, that is true. That is true. Well, that is our 100. Uh, anybody have any to add that you were thinking of? I, I was definitely thinking of the Growing Pains mom. I was thinking of the Who's the Boss mom. I uh, Family Ties mom. Family Ties mom was just cool. I mean, her, her parents were cool and just so different than most parents I, yeah. I knew at the time. Um, they were hippies. What out? Um, I, see, I never can remember the name of the show, but Jamie Gertz was the mom. Oh, still standing. Yeah, I always was liked still her. Sta- but no, was yeah. it still standing? Uh, I, I can't see. I never can remember what it's called. Well, and again, that was that that recipe that worked for so many shows. Bumbling attractive, dad. attractive mother, bumbling, overweight. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? It worked for yeah. like so many yeah. shows there. I mean, King of Queens is King one of Queens. my favorite ep- shows ever. And yeah. uh, she, Carrie, is my least favorite on the show. But, I mean, that recipe worked. Yeah. Yeah, the, there were several shows where you would look at that uh, that matchup and think uh, he's he's out of his league. Well, and Jamie Gertz was such a big surprise there because she came out of nowhere. We hadn't seen anything from Jamie Gertz in yeah. years. So say she, um, was a, she was a teen actress. 
Yeah, I can't yeah. think of the her, her husband in that show. He was British. Yeah, I he was in the full Monty. Name. Um, but I think that was still standing. Not yeah. to be confused with, oh, the um, uh, I liked um, what was the one with Belushi and Courtney Thorne Smith was the mom. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, James, 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 James Belushi and Courtney Thorne Smith. No, oh, Courtney uh, Thorne Smith in summer school. My heart. Oh, yeah. What was the show? My heart. What was the show? Darn. Uh, and what's her name? Was the sister? Um, was was Courtney Thorne Smith's sister? Right, the one, um, the one who's married to, uh, oh, the country, the guitar player, the really good country guitar player. Uh, oh, Brad Paisley. Brad Paisley. Williams. Right. Kimberly Williams. Oh yeah, 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 gotcha. yeah. Who was in Father of the Bride? Steve. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, by the way, I got I got to say something to you guys. Uh, uh, this past weekend, or when we were out two weekends ago, we were out of town. Um, we were watching movies, and we decided to watch The Jerk. And the question was, <laughs> the question was, would it hold up? Because none of us had seen it in probably twenty years, and it still holds up. It's fantastic and hilarious. Oh yeah! So it's I was happy. I was happy to because some of those movies don't hold up. Like you, you watch, and you're like, oh, why was why was I laughing so much at this? But very good movie. There you go, Joe. There you go, Joe. According I, knew, I knew it was James or something. According to Jaime. <laughs> Makes sense because it was Jim Belushi. All right. Uh, you have people uh, in the audience here with a few more. Uh, Jim agrees with uh, Shirley Partridge there. She rocks. Ah, I see what you did there. Uh, Gary, mom on the, on the big bally, which I believe he meant to V there instead of B. And it'd be Victoria oh. Barkley, uh, who was. Uh, what was her name? Tag on it. Uh, the actress. Um, oh, tag on it. Name flew around my Gary. What? What was her name? The actress that played Victoria Barkley oh. on The Big Valley. Uh, Barbara Stanwyck. Barbara Stanwyck. That's right. Uh, so he was eating ice cream when he typed The Big Valley, but he does stand by it. <laughs> uh, Howard. Suzanne Summers on Step by Step. Yeah, yeah, forgot about that one. Not not on the list of 100. Is that right? Or maybe you skimmed through. No, she was there. not. Yeah, she was not. So I my take on this list is, again, I will go back to, I don't know how you have a top 10 greatest TV moms and you do not have Carol Brady. Uh, you do not have uh, June Cleaver. You do not have... Uh, I mean, those two anyway. I, I would even put Edith Bunker in the top ten. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, these are these are the uh, the basis, the foundation of TV momdom, uh, those people. And then some of these other people are in the top ten. I, I don't really understand why they were ranked so high. but Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I never quite understand Ranker. I've never dug deep enough to know is it just can you vote like as many times as you, i'm assuming you can vote as many times as you want and all that stuff but that could be good good, good for discussion i guess yes all right uh, anything else for the good of the order on this particular nope. topic all right so if you ever wonder what we're talking about when we use certain terms please check out our isms on our website and we use a few of those isms already today uh, you go to playbyyourpodcast.com and all the way over, again, I'll show our screen here on our website. If you look the next to last link to the right in the menu, play it by your isms. And you can click on that and have a look at 
what would be considered our list of isms and some of our glossary of terms that we use that uh, if you're new to the show, you might, what in the world are they talking about? And we've kind of put this together in uh, the style of uh, Urban Dictionary. So if you want to have a look at those, and I, we Wait, probably need I, to add a few others there. And I think we do. maybe use a few others that are not in the isms that need to be added. But uh, anyway, go there and uh, have a look. And it will help you in uh, keeping up with what we're saying. Certainly. All right. We're to topic three, gentlemen. Our game of the night. Gentlemen, schmittleman. Gentlemen, schmittleman. Uh, Todd, I don't think you were privy to the name of this game. I think we, Brady and I were talking. <laughs> we kind of made an executive decision before you came on. So the game, the game is called Ducking High. Ah. All right. So... The basis of the game is I will read a card. And, uh, as usual, we uh, ask our audience to be the judge here in this game. And the uh, deal is I'll read a card from the deck and I uh, read it to all of us here. You guys will think of an answer and share it with the group. And then the audience will decide whose answer is their favorite. So we have 12 people in the room. Hopefully we get... 12 votes on each of our uh, our uh, topic or our cards here. So, uh, do we do a practice one or are we just starting right? <laughs> well, whatever you want, we can do a practice one, I guess. So, uh, let's do a practice one. That's fine. All right. So, the card says, I like to dip my big toe in the water before I just jump right in. <laughs> All right, here we go. Imagine a world where everything except for murder is legal. What would be the second thing you would make illegal? Some of these are philosophical. Wow. Um, uh, Not putting your cart in the cart corral. Oh, that's a good one. It's a really good one. Brady? I guess I shouldn't give preference here so our audience has a clean slate by which to... Boot. Well, this is the practice one. Uh, yeah. Um, how about... So I got to come up with a different answer. Um, how about... Oh, I, I got it. Amish buggies on the highway. Way to piss off our Amish listeners. Yeah, really. Gee, Brady. Yeah. For all, for any Amish it's listeners out there, we apologize. The last couple weeks. <laughs> all right. Uh, Gary gives a practice vote for Brady. <laughs> uh, Dale says Teletubby episodes. <laughs> now, Dale, how long has it been since you watched a Teletubby episode? Your kids are considerably older. <laughs> Unless maybe Karen's watching them, I don't know. But I uh, guess you never know. <laughs> All right, but uh, Dale does go with Todd on that uh, particular answer. Which I, I, if I were to give a vote here, I would give it to Todd as well. I mean, yeah, not, carts yeah. not being the cart corral. I mean, that's the, there's just no sense in it. Yeah, 
this. I mean, I, I tarred walk, and feathered people. Tarred and feathered, absolutely. Uh, I, I will walk a cart back into the store. I will walk it to the closest corral and be in, in the worst. I mean, when someone has it in the middle of the parking spot and you can't get in the parking spot unless you get out and move the cart. I mean, it's just. Here's what's even worse than that. Or, or, or when one person has put the cart in the middle of the spot and then other poor sacks put theirs <laughs> put theirs they they start connecting them to the one in the middle of the parking spot so, so oh, they yeah. create their own corral they create their own corral their own illicit chain yes what is that all about so you have the energy to go Put it in the, you know, to, to do the old uh, linkage, linkage, good word, but you won't take yours over to the actual legal linkage spot. <laughs> illegal yeah, linkage is what that do. should be. There we go. We just created the new, yeah. no illegal linkage. That, that is the law. Yes. You are guilty of illegal linkage. <laughs> right, so All Dale right, says it's been two hours since he watched the television. <laughs> <laughs> And you want out long, but it's been two hours since you watched one. Ready for this game. Maybe we should write these down so no one is colored by the someone else. Um, I am not sure. I'll have to type mine on a document. What? Okay. Unfortunately, Pepper the dog has carried away my pen. I'm concerned about Brady typing this on a document. I've seen his text messages. Yeah, I'm not doing voice text. I need a decoder. Need the Rosetta Stone <laughs> cipher. All right. So, gentlemen, drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> Which two superpowers would create the most unstoppable janitor? I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> Hey, that was wow. a good pause. That's that why a I good gave pause the, pre- for the pre- pregnant pause. <laughs> oh, that's pregnant oh. with a septuplet pause. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, uh, Virginia. Which two superpowers would create the most unstoppable janitor is the question. I had to look up a spelling. We don't grade spelling here. Well, I didn't want to be super embarrassed. Yeah. I think I've got it. There's the question. Yes. Super. Okay. Um, I have my answers. Okay. Todd is still. My pencil keeps breaking. And audience, feel free to chime in with your own answers. I mean, you can you can do that while we're waiting for. Yeah, uh, I had the comments, so I don't can't be accused of. Yes, uh, you, you guys can't look the collaborate. Um, the, the this one came to me very quickly. <laughs> me too. I just can't write. All right. All right. Todd, Todd will trust you here. I got it. Well, my pencil then kept breaking. All right, All right Brady. Okay. Um, shall I tell my answers? Yes. Okay. My two answers are Samurai from um, Super Friends, <laughs> and he does the wind, so he could gather up like a human vacuum cleaner, and he could just suck it up. And then Iceman from X-Men. So if there's any spilt water, he could just, and freeze it, and 
pick up the sheet of ice and dispose of it. So, would, so, that, would, that, would that be easier than mopping it? Oh, yeah, sure. Because if he freezes it, if it's frozen, so some kid frees all over the floor, he freezes it, and then he shatters it, and then he does, oh, yo, the idol, and then he just picks it up with his wind and deposits it in the dumpster. So I have a question. I, I, well, I should wait. We should wait for the audience to vote because I don't want to sway the audience, but I do have a question about that. Or should I go ahead and question it now? Uh, you can question afterwards. Okay. Let the audience right. vote. I have to remember it, but I have a, I, I have I, a question. I can see the comments, and that's why I'm laughing. But. My, uh, my, you ready for mine? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how to do this work. Telekinesis, my friends. Ooh. Telekinesis. So moving and things with your mind. Moving things with your mind, because you could, you could, you could be the custodian and, and not even move. You could just stay in one spot and do it all. Yeah. Uh. uh and the wind trick, uh, blowing trick, along the same lines of Brady, but Superman. The Superman does the. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was he doing, Todd? <laughs> yes. <sir. laughs> Well, and remember the uh, the other guy, uh, uh, Zod's uh, uh, henchman. Before Zod, uh, the Zod's henchman, the bigger, the big, strong guy that yeah, was with Zod. Yeah. He did he did the wind thing too. Yes. And uh, you Google that. He had the silliest looking wind face ever. <laughs> I didn't want to so try to just didn't turn around and do the wind that way. <laughs> so I Brady, say telekinesis and wind blowing. What was the saying from earlier, Brady? Hand me the wind. Is that what, what it was or? The saying oh, what be was it? Back. Yeah, um, I think it was "Hand me the wind." Them the wind. Hand them the wind, or give them the wind. She's like the wind. <laughs> she broke the wind. <laughs> Next to me, can't look in her eyes. <laughs> They're wandering. Yeah, just a tool to relieve. <laughs> just a tool to relieve. <laughs> She broke the wind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what was the so, next part of that? Just a tool to relieve. It, it went into the refrain of oh, repeating, it was just, just a tool to relieve. Just a tool to relieve. She. No, I, I think your line was just a tool to relieve. She cuts far as you can see. I, I think was the line. <laughs> that was the line, I believe. We should do an epi- We should do a, a topic, a, an episode of our parodies. Oh, oh my goodness! We'll, we'll have to clean them up for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, I got a few audience votes here that I will put out here before we get to the voting from the audience on your answers. Uh, Andy says, strength and speed both to manage the 3,000 key ring effectively. <laughs> uh, Howard, anti-gag reflex and olfactory shut off. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Dale, speed, uh, mind control, get others to do the work if no one around... To get it done quickly. All right, here we go. So the votes are in. Dale says Todd. Miss Wilson says Todd. Andy says Todd. And uh, Gary says Todd slides past Brady on this one. Ice seems like a bad idea. So can I can I ask my question now about the ice? Yes, you you can. So you're saying that there's a there's a mess on the floor. Of, of some type. A liquid mess. A liquid. Oh, it was. Okay. I thought you meant like any mess, freeze any mess and then break it. it. If it's a liquid mess and then he freezes it and breaks it, then he just recreate a new mess. Why would you no. break it once you froze it? You would just lift the cube out and throw it outside. 
Well, if it if if it if it's like a puddle of pee on the floor, yeah, you could freeze this puddle of pee. Now it could be difficult. Nobody wants to lift a frozen puddle of pee, but if you freeze it, I beg to differ, sir. With your foot, and then use your no, you're on the aisle and pick it up but, with your tornado wind. But again, so touch it. But again, you said freeze it into a cube and then bust it and then clean it up. That doesn't to me that seems oh, like a weird. A I don't think step. I said freeze it to a cube. I think I well, just well you said freeze, freeze it. it. You did say bust it because that's that's where you yeah, threw me. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. on your side, man, until you said bust it. And I'm like, okay. you would just. I mean, you don't freeze a, a puddle of puke just to bust it and create nah. puke cubes or puke shrapnel. <laughs> puke shrapnel. But see, well, what I'm thinking is if you use the tornado thing, it's going to contain the shrapnel, and then you can control the little tornado till it dumps it in the yeah. dumpster. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like gonna... this is dealt in reality. <laughs> Fre- freezing vomitus doesn't sound like a good idea to me. So, uh, by the way, Jim also voted Todd. So, Todd, you, uh, you swept that. I need that. I need that after the brutal butt kicking I received the last game we played. Yes, you. I did get a butt kicking last game, but here you are up one nice. to nothing. So, one nil. Next, next question. One nil. All right. <laughs> Fifteen love. <laughs> All right. Scoring system ever. <laughs> Gentlemen. I know we have some tennis players out there. How do you spell the sound of a sniff? Of a what? Of a sniff. Oh, a sniff. Yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm spelling the onomatopoeia <laughs> for that. Here, Brady, I'll sniff and you you sound it out, Brady. Okay, go for it. Is that a sniff or a snort? Well, it's it was a sniff that's turned into a snort. So yeah, here we go. A little more calm. That's a, that's a rule too. When you, <laughs> sniff, you have to go. Man, the, it's the first, the first, uh, the first syllable, the first consonant is what's to get throw me off there. How do you smell this? How do you spell the sound of a sniff? Is the question. Audience, once again, feel free to chime in on how you would spell the sound of a sniff. I got it. <laughs> damn. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> I can't have anything nice in this house. Every pencil. So to do the dad joke, that's what the fish said thrice after it struck the wall while swimming. Uh, Brady, you never did answer my question when you were. What was uh, that? I asked if you were the. You were doing a theme song. Were you the theme song, or were you the rooster from the Tom and Jerry cartoon, uh, I, it, <laughs> or, or the dog about, acting like it, the rooster? It, it was the dog acting like the rooster singing the Waltons theme. I got my spellings. <laughs> I'm getting slapped at me now. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Fiscus's laugh is 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 one hundred percent wheeze now. There's no uh, there's no there's are no audible. It's, are, you it's call, are you calling me Isabel Sanford or saying I'm wheezy? <laughs> yes, Muttley. <laughs> Muttley, you dastard. <laughs> All right, I got mine. All right, Todd, you can go first here. How do you spell the sound of sniff? Well, I'm going to demonstrate it first. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> the first three letters are silent. G F P. <laughs> the ever present G F P silence. <laughs> H that is uh H S S S P H. Brady, you don't even need to try it, Brady. I nailed it. You did. You know how you got all of them right last time because you just knew the answers. I knew the answer to that already. G F P silent. H S S S P H. Well, uh, um, that is very well played, sir. I had some, a little bit of what you did, but mine is, you're going to have to trust me, it's bleached out here. It's S N Y I. How about I write it here? I'll write it for you so they can see it. Ready? You transcribe. S N Y. I F F O E F F, but the O E F is the British way, like where they spell fetus F O E T U S. So it. <laughs> what, what was that flatulent sound in the middle? So S N Y F O E part. S N Y C I F F O E O E F F. So, so you went with the the beginning of it almost like you're actually saying sniff, like like if you sniff, 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 sniff. There's a place I you go went with where the, the nose candy yeah. flows. It's bedrock. You sniff, went with the uh, how do you spell the sound a dog makes with B A R K, and then I see what you did there. So again, S N Y I F F O E F F. Yeah. <laughs> <Snia>. <laughs> All right, so let the audience hear again. Everybody sniff for him. <laughs> no cheating, bro. You're not allowed to go. <laughs> no, listen to what I'm doing. <laughs> if you sniff that way, I'd kick you out of the house. <laughs> I am getting slap happy. This is ridiculous and hilarious. All right, votes are rolling in. Ooh, this is divided. Allison says Todd. Miss Wilson says Brady. So uh, both Tie. both answers have. Oh, uh, Andy says two zero Todd for his vote. Yeah, thank you. I, I need that, a little bit more voted to feel confident <laughs> about this. You try to persuade the audience with your with your sniff sound. Sniff. Uh, uh, Jim says Todd for the use of the three silent letters at the beginning. Well, the reason I went that route, honestly, it wasn't to be. It, I mean. It wasn't to just be funny like that. I had a hard time starting the word. Like when you make that, like I don't know how you started. I think it's pretty easy once you get going, but it's the first. It's the first couple letters. Uh, Gary says Brady with the mucus laden pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Ashley, welcome. We'll give Brady a sympathy vote. Sympathy. <laughs> Uh, actually, that sympathy vote may have uh, <laughs> tied us here. I'll take it what is. I can it's get. Th- it's three to three. Uh-oh. Next vote wins. We got Brady with three, Todd with three. I say Todd! <laughs> was like I'll the uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Was it Pee Wee's Big Adventure where they're like talking about what they're going to do with, with it? What is that off of? Spaceballs. Well, I the say. No, it was Pee Wee's Big Adventure, wasn't it? I say you let him go. <laughs> yeah. What was it? For bachelor party. Debbie, the car. Debbie, the car. Oh, by the way, you bring a bachelor party. Oh. We must, we must uh, Brady, take your hat off in reverence. We lost Tawny Katane this week. Yes. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that. Didn't mean to go to that place, but yeah. <laughs> According to one of the comments on Super 70 Sports that, uh, Increase the sale of Kleenex by 3,000% in 1987. Tony Katane. <laughs> That's dirty. Oh. That's, is that TV 14? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we're talking about mucus laden. <laughs> exactly. So we, we have 12 people in the room, but we only have six votes, and I'm waiting for the tie breaking vote here. Come on. Brady, Brady has three, Todd has three. And uh, we may just have to call it a draw. A draw. Drow. Draw. All right, so we'll do that. Maybe maybe a, a late boat will come in, but we'll move forward here. All right, gentlemen. Schmelman. Next question. What is a sound or feeling that makes your skin crawl? A sound or a feeling? That makes your skin crawl. Oh. Brady seems rather confident on his answer. A sound or feeling that makes your skin crawl. There are lots of sounds that make Brady's skin crawl. Yeah. This kind of is what we were talking about the other day, Eric. True. not, Not the two of us. We weren't talking about Brady. Brady was involved in the conversation. See, so I'm kind of anxious to see what he says here because it could be very sundry things. I I think my I think mine will not be a obscure answer. I I think oh the sound of a spleen <laughs> makes discus that, skin crawl. That, that's me spleen. All right, I don't know the word for it. Um, Sound or feeling that makes your skin cry. Audience, uh, once again, feel free to chime in with your answers as well. Man. What are they? I might have to go to the internet here because I don't know what it's called. <laughs> that sounds we'll, interesting. We'll, we'll let you use a description. We can help you out. Okay. I don't, I'll try to describe it. Do it. Who gives their answer first on this one? Uh, I believe it's Todd's turn to give yeah, his answer that's first. What I was no, I, I gave mine first on the spelling. Oh, okay. oh, that's correct. Okay, so Brady, it's your turn. I I want to be funny for the show, but this one's not really funny, and it's not a unique answer. But it is the sound of the dentist drill hitting the tooth. <laughs> and you know what's happening, and you can kind of feel it and hear it at the same time. 
and there's that dentist office smell and it's an unholy miasma of nastiness and it's just like yeah yeah that's it drill hitting tooth mm. that, that's that's a strong response right there i guess i shouldn't give my preference but uh, that, I, I would just say that's a strong response todd um, it's making I'm still trying to find a way to explain it. So, I don't know what it's called, but it was big there for a while on everything from like folders to like lunch boxes. And it's the the um, I'm gonna feel real stupid if you guys know this and it's something easy, but it, like the stuff that like you scratch it and it and it has a a, a texture like a a, a tiny ridged texture and when you turn it it kind of changes color and changes oh uh, yeah oh yeah yeah what is that it's kind of like a sequin but it's like i said holograph that's not right (laughs) like the um you know what i'm talking about it's like yeah you like you turn it different angles and you see a different picture yeah well it it but it has a feel to it. it does. If you scratch it with your fingernails, the sound it makes the back of my like my throat right there. My <laughs> like my it makes my back teeth when I just fall off and die. But then, and even when you rub it with your fingers and no no fingernails, it did it. It really gets you. It gets me like in the like going over a hill too fast. So it makes your salivary glands retract. Yes, it makes yes. my salivary glands. But I don't know what it's called. I here I put rubbing something that is made of that. Well, I don't know what I meant there. I just stopped at ho. Because <laughs> I was going to write holograph. <laughs> so rubbing something that is made of that ho. Um, okay, it could work as well. All right. So, yeah, I don't. it's not holograph, but it's, I hope everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, audience. So drill on a tooth or rubbing that holographic stuff on lunchboxes. And folders. And folders and such. All right, so a couple audience inputs here. Uh, uh, Andy, most definitely the feeling when you're being watched, when you're most definitely supposed to be alone. <laughs> uh, indeed. Uh, Jim says at the end of a staff meeting, and the long-winded teacher says, I have a question. <laughs> oh. uh, now, Ashley, I had a conversation, and wasn't with my co-host the other day, but someone else. The current generation of kids will never understand this because obviously nails on a whiteboard just doesn't doesn't translate and nails on a chalkboard is something that is going to be lost to uh, the ages here and probably already is lost to the ages because you know kids don't really use chalkboards anymore I, in fact i can't i can't remember the last time i held a piece of chalk up to I a don't chalkboard. like holding pieces of chalk it gives me the heebie-jeebies yeah, I almost went with nails on a chalkboard because it's the same. It's the same sensation, kind of as the holographic material, or whatever. But the, it doesn't my, bother me quite as bad as the. My sister always got like that. With there, there was a particular brand of butter that came in a blast, a plastic butter bowl that had little ridges, micro ridges in it, and it when it would scrape with a fork or a spoon, it would make it sound that yeah. Yeah, Ashley. She said, now let's not be talking about age. You're, you're not old. <laughs> yeah. Looks like I won that one. Brady says Ashley. Brady says Andy. Brady says Mrs. Wilson. Brady says Allison. So, uh, yeah, it seems to be a runaway there. 
Um, Todd, maybe if you knew the actual That's what I mean. I, name. I, I, knew, I knew I wouldn't win because I couldn't describe it. I couldn't think of the name of it. Yeah. I still, I still know the name of it. That makes our score one to one. One to one. Well, uh, we'll play to three, gentlemen. How about Sounds that? good. All right. So our next question. All right. This game has uh, some cards that come up every now and then. And they're called uh, uh, Mind Fornicators, but it uses the other F word. <laughs> so, and this is not one of our questions for our game, but uh, just something to make you think. Did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? <laughs> Good question. That is an outstanding question. That is an outstanding question. Wow. Mind blown. Or the other uh, mind fornicator I came across here. Uh, what if when dogs are playing fetch, they're actually bringing the ball back because they think you like throwing it and just want to make you happy? Oh. <laughs> We don't sweet. deserve dogs. No, we don't. All right. Gentlemen, next question. What is not edible, but looks like it would be delicious? Um, <laughs> let's see. Something that is not edible, but looks, de looks delicious. Looks delicious. Hmm. Something that is Got edible it. but looks like it would be delicious. What? And yeah, a couple. I just repeat. Something is not edible, right? Something that is not edible but looks like okay. it would be delicious. All right, uh, Miss Wilson, and I'm going to put a few comments up here while you're preparing here. Uh, today's kids would think of squeaking marker on the whiteboard it could be a sound, and that's true. Sometimes they do squeak like that. Or the uh, constant taking the cap off and back on of a. Of a dry erase marker. Oh, yes. That's today's. Um, so Jim says uh, to the Adam and Eve question, no, they were created, not born. So maybe they will have belly buttons. Um, so gentlemen, you uh, you ready? Yep. Todd, you're first, I believe. Dessert scented candles. Very good. Very good. That's, that's true. And I... I go along with that solid answer. Thank you. All right, Brady. When walking around the lake or the pond and you see cattails and it looks like bananas foster growing on a stem, <laughs> I'm going to take cattails. See, I would give you cattails, but I think of corn dogs. Like I think every other person thinks of when they see cattails. <laughs> yes, bananas foster. What the hell was that? What the hell kind of bananas? Now, be, beyond, beyond that, aren't bananas fostered, like, put on fire? No, that's Terry's Jubilee. Oh, you're right. Well, also, there's another one. Something else. But anyway. <laughs> Some flambe. I, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> that made me laugh. All right. He shouldn't get the point just because he didn't say corn dogs. <laughs> So uh, Todd's answer, dessert-flavored candles, and Brady's would be cattails, which look like bananas fostered, not, <laughs> <laughs> or not corn dogs. 
<laughs> what is wrong with bananas, Foster? Because that is that is one of the more pretentious desserts oh. you could come up with. Not only that, but there is not one person being honest right now that would say they think of bananas, Foster, when they see cattails. They're well, corn dogs. They're the corn dogs of the of the lake. They're the corn know, dogs I, of the I wild. Think, and, and <laughs> I think that. I might have misnamed the banana dessert. Yes, it's called no. corn dogs. No, the 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 the, the chocolate dipped bananas that come on a stick that have like caramel in them. Yeah, I, I, that's closer, but, but I still it, think people minute, think they like Foster <laughs> is a dessert made from bananas, vanilla ice cream with sauce made from butter, brown sugar, dark rum, and banana liqueur. Sometimes it is ignited. When in a dish, but it is also served uh-huh. on a stick. Uh-huh. It is, mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. also served on a stick let me, when frozen. Let, let, let me give you the judge smells on that. Put sometimes put on fire. I knew it. I was right. All right. So a uh, couple audience uh, responses here before we go to the votes. Uh, Line Jello says Gary Allison says fondant. Uh, <laughs> Dale says Michael Jackson in the Pepsi commercial for the other thing on fire. <laughs> there is literally a YouTube video of a guy that calls himself the wild corn dog hunter, and he's going and putting mustard on cattails. <laughs> what? But Brady, what are, you, are you trying to prove your point here? <laughs> I am. <laughs> the, if you Google... Cattails versus corn dogs. The very first thing, the very first <laughs> monster thing, movie. A cattail can become a corn dog. Uh, yeah. First of all, who would Google such a thing? Well, I had to just to see if Bananas Foster came up in anything. <laughs> all right. So a couple votes are in, and we have a vote for each. Allison says Todd. Uh, Mrs. Wilson with the technicality, and I'm 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 honestly thinking, you know, the technicality is is valid. Brady, because Todd's doesn't look edible, but smells edible. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I, I think she just gave you a judge I, uh, smells. I, I, mm-hmm. I tend to disagree. Those cake candles that have like the three different colors and stuff, I think they look pretty edible. Right. They're called cake candles for a reason. All right. Uh, Wendy says, super sports Chevy candy apple red looks delicious to me. I go with Todd. Uh, Andy says Brady. So let's see. We're looking at. Uh, are we tied? No, Todd's up one, three to two. I'm, I'm, six I'm stinging at being called pretentious for <laughs> saying <laughs> bananas Foster. Yeah, I knew what uh, I was talking about. I, I have no problem. Jim says Todd. So I think uh, Todd will take this one. I'm not so sure that cattails don't look more like dog tails, to be honest with you, if we want to get right down to the nitty-gritty. <laughs> yeah. No, let's not even talk about the food aspect, uh, the actual visual aspect of the cat. I, I'd, I'd be with you there. I, I think they're yeah. more dogish than cattish. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay. Maybe I just like chocolate-covered bananas more than that. <laughs> hey, I love chocolate-covered bananas. I just Todd, don't think cattails look like them. <laughs> Todd takes a commanding lead here, 2-1, and we're playing to three. Um, 
actually Ashley said Brady, but Todd still wins as Todd yeah. gets a vote from Gary because Brady's look like something else. <laughs> yes, Bananas Foster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Todd could win on this one here. Here's another mind fornicator that came up, so I'll throw this out there for you. If you point to the ground at the South Pole, are you pointing down or up? Hmm. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. All right. So, uh... Here, here's a question for you, gentlemen. It has to do with me. Who would most accurately play me in a movie? Play you? Me. You. Yes, me. Yes. Mark Ficus, who would most accurately play me in a movie? Hmm. Be nice. Play you in a movie. Me? Accurately. Accurately, who would most accurately play me? Now, uh, I guess your your uh, accuracy, as far as your definition of that, would uh, depend on what you feel accurate would mean. So again, we're taking uh, input from the audience while Todd and Brady Brady still looks like he's pondering who would most accurately play me in a movie. Man, I got it. You got it. I got it. Brady, you got it. Whose turn is it? It's Brady's turn to go first. It is Brady's turn to go first. Yeah, that's why I was waiting for Brady. Gosh, Brady, you look pained. Is it because you're trying to be nice, or you just really can't figure it out? Well, here's my here's my quandary. I think there is an actor that could make himself up to kind of look like you and exaggerate Ericness into a really funny character. But if we are, if I'm picking an actor that plays Eric in the Lifetime movie about you, <laughs> I'm struggling. So would I be in a Lifetime movie? First of all. Um, my toe. Um, how about? Oh, dude, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, you were very nice there, Chris Pratt. Todd, the, repeat the question. Who, who would most accurately play me in a movie? Come on, Eric Fiscus. Oh my, I'm no, I'm no actor. You don't have to be. Eminem was no actor either, but he played himself damn well in that movie. Well, Touche. All right. Well, we'll. Uh, I, let the, I I think you would most accurately play you in a movie. I. While that not may be against the letter of the law, that is certainly against the spirit of the law. <laughs> Hey, I, I don't mind turning the table but, upside down and kicking. We'll we'll let the audience decide. But uh, can I tell you my humorous take on you? I think it would be hilarious if Zach Galifianakis played you. 
I would like to see him do do the Eric impersonation. I think it would be darn funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I would like to add: there's nothing in the question that says what actor would play me. Uh, again, touche. But we'll let the audience decide. All right. So uh, audience did chime in with a few things. Joe Don Baker back in the day. So I guess we're talking walking tall Joe Don Baker. Buford Pusser. (laughs) Are we we talking Fletch Joe Don Baker or? Oh, I forgot he was in Fletch. Mitchell. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I just thought of a secondary answer. I'll I'll bring it up after I'll bring it up after the voting. But unless you want me unless you want me to pick an actor. Well, no, and you, you, you said correctly that it does not say actor in the question. All right, and Miss Wilson says Drew Carey. That's a good choice. Hopefully, Fender Carey. I like Drew Carey. Uh, Jim says Ron Burgundy. Would that be Will Ferrell (laughs) or the character Ron Burgundy? Uh, Dale says Tom Hanks. No, that would be Brady. Greatest joke that I stole ever. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, the votes are coming in slowly. Uh, Dale says Brady. Andy says Brady. So it uh, looks like the early voting so far will go against your uh, assertion that it does not say actor. Although, again, I will say in technicality, it does not say actor. But uh, that is the assumption. I think that put me over the edge right there, Miss Wilson. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Jim says Brady. Allison says Brady. Uh, I sh- yeah, we- I'm going to announce my secondary character and see if that would have changed. <laughs> All right. So here we go. We'll, we'll call it for Brady here because yes. I think we've been getting about six votes. But uh, two to two. So we are to the tiebreaker, the game winner. What is your secondary answer, Todd? Dan Aykroyd. I, I, I go along with that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Here we go. For the game. The game. The game. Most overrated candy bar. Go. Oh, shit. <laughs> Is that the name of a candy bar? <laughs> That'd be baby Ruth. Um, (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Pick two. Bar. I've got one. Bah. Gary actually called that last one a tie. Chris Pratt is a good actor. All right. uh, Dale said your second answer was much better, Tom. Thank you. I should have went for the win. You should have win. All right. Who's first this time? I don't have it written down yet. Hang on one second. Okay. What? What? Oh, I heard something weird sound like backward masking. It was me, right? I swear. You Ready? Do I go for you? You hear things that I mean, I could be standing next to you, you don't hear me, and you're hearing things now. It's a weird pitch. All right. Todd, I'm, are you first? I think so. Okay. No. No, I, I'm not first. 
Brady's first. Oh, that's right. You, I, no, I chose no, you, you said Eric. You chose me second because he said Chris Pratt first. Oh, that's right. That's yes. right. So I'm sorry. I confused myself because I gave a second answer. All right. So what do you got? Almond Joy Got Nuts. Mounds don't. Almond Joy. Do you care to elaborate on your answer? They're garbage. They're absolute trash. <laughs> Anyone who claims to like them is not being honest with themselves, with themselves or each other. I don't know. I just right. don't like them. I don't like them. I think they're gross. I don't like coconut. I'm ready. Brady? I think I think I got a strong choice here. I don't like dark chocolate. It makes me want to vomit. So, what a way to ruin a good candy bar. And it's a freaking dark chocolate Milky Way. When you get the little miniatures, when somebody gives them to you the gift and you're not paying attention, you pop one in your mouth and it's drac chocolate. Yeah. Dark well, chocolate Milky Way. That's a rather obscure answer. Yes. I was going to say dark chocolate mini Milky Ways. Well, it's so, a mini because it, it is, the bigger crap it is. I, I would like to point out, Brady, that Almond Joys are also dark chocolate. Yeah. Indeed. All right, audience, uh, keep in mind, Brady's answer must be dark chocolate Milky Way when you take into yeah. your consideration. Not regular Milky Ways, but dark chocolate Milky Ways. So, Do you like regular uh, Milky Ways, Brady? I love them. That's what makes me mad when I bite into a dark chocolate because I want a Milky Way. How, not first off, how do you accidentally bite into a dark chocolate Milky Way? Because if you're looking quickly and you see the Milky Way logo in this yeah. – Simmery silver thing, and you don't realize that it's dark doesn't, chocolate. Doesn't have a different coloring on the label. It, it even says, I think it says dark or midnight on it or something, doesn't it? Well, that's just it. No, Noir. I like eat my Milky Way at midnight. I didn't know that it was dark chocolate. <laughs> I thought you thought it was just a time chocolate. you were supposed to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, audience chimes in. Uh, Miss Wilson says three musketeers. Yuck. Dale Lewis says Butterfinger. Uh, Nita Wells, welcome. Anita also says Three Musketeers, as does Andy. Wow, no wow. love for the I Musketeers. Like musketeers. Uh, doesn't like the Musketeers like at all. Nougat. <laughs> nougat. All right, Allison, <laughs> watch McCallits. Brady, I I, 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 Brady, I remember watch McCallits being a staple of your lunch at school. Yes. All right, um, Gary says, Wow, Todd, alienate half the audience, but Brady, I love dark chocolate. Votes are in. Dale says Brady. Allison Brady. Andy says Todd. Jim says Todd. Oh, that's close. Miss Wilson says Brady. All my taste buds and I love Almond Joys. And Gary says Todd for the wing because he prefers dark chocolate. So I believe if my mass serves, that's three to three. Oh, son of a... Now, how about that? Uh, Dale actually says bananas foster is the worst candy <laughs> bar. <laughs> Especially when you pick him out of the pond. Pond. <laughs> uh, Gary says mounds are dark chocolate. Oh, that's right. I got it confused. Uh, Almond joys are regular. Mounds are dark. Mounds don't have nuts either, right? Mounds don't. But still have the commercial guys. <laughs> Sometimes you, you feel like a nut. 
Sometimes you don't. We have a tiebreaker again? We have a tiebreaker again. Gosh, I got to get my report cards done, fellas. All right. How about a quickie? Uh, Did you mean to text that? (laughs) All right, gentlemen, for for the tiebreaker. What would be the craziest thing to see at a senior living facility? (laughs) This has got to break the tie here. What What would be the craziest thing to see at a senior living facility? I've got my answer. I believe it'd be Todd's turn to go first here. Craziest thing to see at a senior living facility. I just, I'm writing down the first thing that came to my head. Oh, gosh. And, and again, I'm laughing because I'm seeing the comments here. Oh, gosh. I got something. I think I, I got you, something. Did you write down the first thing that came to your head? To me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got okay. it typed. Okay. Say so I did, too. So that way we didn't think right. about it. This is just the first thing that came to your head. Is my first? Am I first? Yes, Todd, you're first. Okay. First thing that came to my head. Repeat the, Can you repeat the question? Just for effect. Uh, what, would the craziest, what would be the craziest thing to see at a senior living facility? A blindfolded, blindfolded corn on the cob eating contest, <laughs> and that is the first thing that entered your mind. Sorry, <laughs> I did. So, uh, did, keeping in mind that maybe a lot of these older j- people may not have their there you go teeth. Yes, not their real teeth. Their real teeth. Yeah. All right, watching, Brady. Watching a younger person eat corn on the cob is a mess anyway, so that's... Well, that's true. That's true. Sorry. If you said a blindfolded corn on the cob eating contest, Brady... No. <laughs> I said the fight for the last... The fight for the last serving of Metamucil after macaroni and cheese day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'll, I'll put up a few audience comments here huh? as the audience figures out how they're going to vote. <laughs> I can see them saying neither. <laughs> uh, Dale Lewis says Newt Twister. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that's not the first thing that came to my Ooh. oh, uh, Jim, <laughs> Jim with the swing there. Ooh, Jim, uh, Lee, Miss Wilson, the trampoline. <laughs> wow, that's uh. <laughs> <laughs> Gravity, uh, <laughs> watch where uh, you step. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Brady, you've been saying that since you were 16. <laughs> uh, <laughs> TV 14, Gary. Yes, yeah, TV 14. Uh, Gary said, uh, early odds favorite Todd, keep it PG 13 <laughs> before he submitted his answer. All right, boats are rolling in. Anita says, Brady. Dale says Brady. Andy says Todd. So uh, we got a split vote one. here. Two to one. So again, the answers oh. were. Oh, Allison says Brady. Is Brady going to pull out another game? 
here. He is. Don't call that a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like I said, we keep we get about six votes here. So he gets another vote. He's probably winning hey. here. So Jim says Brady. So we'll call it for Brady <laughs> on the tiebreaker. I'm the dude. I bet I can. <laughs> nice, nice hey, game, Brady. Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you, Todd. I, I thought I'd lo- yeah, I thought you were. Mm-hmm. Miss <laughs> uh, Wilson says Brady for her vote. Todd, many have learned to gum it. <laughs> well, oh. we, we won't elaborate on that. All right. Uh, again, Gary throws in a late vote there for Todd, but uh, Brady with a win in ducking high tonight. <laughs> <laughs> It was the that. high C. It was the juice box that, that powered Brady to the win. Nice. It was. You made that last the entire episode? I, I was, I was, that's what I was going to say. How in God's name can you Did make you, a juice box last for two hours? I, a man can make a... And then get a sip now and then. man can make a pudding snack pack last for the entire episode next. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't eat one pudding snack pack at a time. It's impossible. Pudding snack peg. Pudding. All right. Uh, we thank everyone for joining us tonight. I want to remind you that our audio version of this show will be released on Friday morning on all of our audio feeds. Uh, most places you can find a podcast, you can find us. Uh, the YouTube, uh, Facebook will have this uh, archived. Also on our website, you can find all those audio and video feeds at www.playbyyourpodcast.com. I missed it. Dot com, and you can find social media feeds there as well. Uh, we do invite people, by the way. I forgot to mention you can register to get email updates on our show at the website as well. Uh, we do put out newsletters every once in a while and updates on when we're going to be doing our live recordings. And we appreciate all of you being here tonight as always. And uh, thank you very much, Jim. And uh, join us next week. I believe we're on Tuesday next week as well. Is mm-hmm. that correct, gentlemen? Yes, yes, I believe correct. so. All right, so Tuesday at 8, next Tuesday, a week from today, we'll have episode 59 of the Play It By Your podcast. And we're also, by the way, working on another engagement with the Let's Chat live podcast that we were interviewed by last week. Uh, we're looking at another date in July for that, so we're looking forward to that as well. Uh, as well as some things that we're uh, hoping to have on the horizon here in the summertime. So uh, keep tuned in and register for those updates. We'll let you know through email as well. Anything else for the good of the order, gentlemen? Peace. Peace is the word. Peace is the word. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear Podcast. Thanks again, and join us next time as we play it by ear.